Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We've been in a series the past two weeks called Great Relationships, God's Way, and Jenny and I spoke last week. That was a lot of fun. But we're gonna put uh, this series on hold. We'll return to it next week. Because I, I felt the Lord put a, a message in my heart actually a few months ago for this weekend specifically. Title of my message is Forged in the Fire. Forged in the Fire, how to press on when you're in pain. And some of you, there's a lot of new people uh, at our church, especially at this service. In fact, just real quick, if you've been attending the cause, if you've been part of the, our, our family, the Cause Church family, for less than a year, just raise your hand real quick, raise your hand. Look, oh my gosh, look at how many people, that's incredible. Give them a round of applause. If somebody's around you, Peter, buy them lunch afterwards. Austin and Jackie, newly married, 18 years old, married, wow. I got some funny things to say, but I gotta keep going. Today, today's the, the one year anniversary, one year anniversary of my dad's death. My dad died last year, uh, actually Saturday, February 20th, 2021, graduated to heaven and uh, worst day of my life. And for those of you that are newer to the church, my dad, Bob Reeve, my mom, Sherry, they founded the church, they started the church in January of 2005. They led the church uh, for over 16 years as the lead pastors and Besides my wife, Jenny, my, my dad was my best friend. He was my hero, best man I've ever met. Uh, my grandpa Chuck, great man as well. But So this past year has been the most challenging, difficult, painful year of my life. And I've never, you know, just never experienced so much pain. I wanna preach about pain today. Uh, I think it's gonna help you, because I know a whole lot of other people, this isn't about me, but I know a whole lot of people in our church family right now that are dealing with pain. In fact, I think you know, the last two years, just with what's gone on in our world, I feel like people are in pain now more than ever. Um, maybe it's physical pain, maybe it's mental pain, emotional pain, financial pain, spiritual pain, relational pain, whatever it might be. You know, a lot of people battling really uh, significant illness and pain in, in their bodies right now. I know people going through a divorce or having severe marital challenges. I know a lot of people that have had miscarriages recently, and that's so painful. I don't think, at least in my own personal experience, I don't think there's anything more painful than losing a loved one close to you, uh, losing a, a spouse or a parent or a child or a close relative or friend. The question is, is not, Will I go through pain? Because everybody goes through pain. Nobody's exempt. Genesis chapter three, we see right at the beginning of creation when Adam and Eve sinned and everything changed, evil and sin entered the world. Everything was broken. That pain came as a result of that. The question is not, will I go through pain, men and women? The question is, will I grow through pain? How will you handle and respond to pain? Because pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. And the choice is up to you. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1? 1 Peter chapter 1. 
was a letter or an epistle, those words mean the same thing, written by a man named Peter who was one of Jesus' closest friends. The Bible talks a lot about him. You can read about him in the Gospels, the book of Acts. And he writes this letter after Jesus' death and, and Jesus' resurrection. In fact, go ahead and stand your feet if you would. I like to do this when we read uh, the Word of God together. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Peter starts off by talking about facing many trials, going through suffering, and he talks about the hope and the, the reality of heaven, keeping your eyes focused on heaven. And then he says this in verse six. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, and he's referring to eternal life. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Could we read this next sentence together? Ready, go. Sorry, go back, guys. <laughs> let's, let's try that. None of us can read that fast. Hold on. Let's try that again. Ready, go. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. And I'll read this last part. Now you can go to it. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Before you're seated, look at the person next to you and say, since we're talking about fire, you look hot today. Come on, tell somebody. <laughs> if, you're sitting next, if you're sitting next to your brother or sister, that's kind of weird. <laughs> if you're in Arkansas, not so weird, but not in California, kind of weird. I, I, I like groans as much as laughs, so I don't care. Keep, the, keep them coming. You're just inspiring me. We just finished a, a series in January called Strong Faith in Uncertain Times, and God allows our faith to be tested in order for it to be strengthened and purified. The way that our, our faith is tested is through trials, through challenges, through difficulties in life. It's through sadness, it's through sorrow, it's through persecution, it's through problems, and it's through pain. In biblical times, a, a craftsman would use an incredibly hot fire, sometimes in excess of 1,000 degrees Celsius, to melt gold in a crucible. And when you melt gold in a crucible, all of the impurities rise to the surface, and then the craftsman would remove the impurities in order to get the purest gold possible. Some of you are in the crucible of pain right now. And it hurts, and it feels too intense, it feels too hot, you don't think that you can handle it anymore. But the fire of pain is bringing to the surface of your life some things that God wants to deal with and get rid of. Some impurities that he wants to address. Things like bitterness, things like doubt, things like fear, things like anxiety and worry, maybe hatred, maybe anger, maybe unforgiveness. And just like fire is used to test and purify and refine gold, God uses pain to test and purify and refine your life. Men and women, you're being forged in the fire right now. God is a master craftsman and he is right there with you. You say, I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it, it's a truth. He's closer than the air you're breathing. He's right there with you. He knows exactly what he's doing. 
Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Listen to this. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Why? Because God is with you. Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young Hebrew boys who refused to bow to the culture of their day, refused to bow and worship other gods, are thrown into a fiery furnace by a wicked king named Nebuchadnezzar. Thrown into, and they make one of the most astounding statements of faith, in my opinion, in all the Bible, by the way, before that happens. They say, we will not bow to you, king. We're not gonna bow to your golden image, no matter what you do. God will deliver us. And they say, and even if he doesn't, we're still not gonna bow. We need some people in our church that live that kind of way especially in this godless culture. Anyway, so Nebuchadnezzar gets so mad, he says, heat the furnace up even hotter, throws them in, the, the soldiers that throw them in, it's so hot, they die. The, it says they fall into the fire, and then a minute later, they're standing up, and Nebuchadnezzar says, hold on a second, what's happening here? Hold, he says, I, I see three of them. He said, we, didn't we throw three of them in the fire? They're standing up. He says, where did this fourth man come from? He looks like a son of the gods, or some translations say he looks like the son of God. Bible scholars and theologians all, all pretty much all think this was a Christophany. It was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. There was another in the fire standing next to them. His name is Jesus. Nebuchadnezzar says, take those guys out. So the three of them come out. The Bible says not even one hair on their head was burned. It says their clothes did not even smell like smoke. And he says, this, we, we need to worship this God, whoever he is. By the way, Jesus never came out of the fire. So the next time you get thrown into the fire of pain, he's already there waiting for you. He's there, he's there waiting for you. He's going to walk through it with you. Scientific studies have documented and proven that human beings can handle unbelievable, enormous amounts of pain of any type if there's a purpose if there's a purpose. I think of, when I think of pain with purpose, I can't help but think of women who are pregnant, like my wife, eight months pregnant. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. The pain of pregnancy itself, the pain of childbirth. I can't even wrap my head around that. Jenny, Jenny, sometimes just we're talking, I just said, just pregnancy is just weird. I just, it's everything about it is strange to me. By the way, here's a little tip. Do not argue with a pregnant woman. It is useless, it is futile. It's like I woke up the other day, oh my lower back hurts a little bit. Jenny's like, hmm, your back hurts, huh? Try being pregnant. I was like, oh babe, I didn't sleep very well. Oh, you didn't sleep well, huh? Look at this, try being pregnant. It's like, all right, just please, I'm just, just please don't kill me, I'll do whatever you want. Just, Come on, ladies. But there's purpose in your pain. You ask any woman, is it, ladies, is it not worth the pain that you go through to bring forth new life? <laughs> Some of you look a little bit hesitant. You're the ones who have teenagers right now. Like, um, children are a gift from God. I want to exchange my teenager. Take them back. It, it, is, it is through the pain of childbirth 
that God brings new life. Men and women, it is through pain that God brings new life into you. The pain of this last year in our church family, God has brought forth new life. Just a minute ago, it was like 50 people who raised their hand. Incredible, and he's gonna continue to do it because the best is yet to come. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know, we know, not we hope or we think or, no, we know that in, in all things, what does that mean? It means all things. It means pain, it means suffering, it means grief, it means illness, in all things. It says, God works for the good of those who love him. Notice it does not say that everything that happens is good. The Bible never says that. There's a whole lot of things that happen that are not good. It says that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. By the way, that promise only applies to those of us who know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, all things are not working together for the good in your life. In fact, they're working together for the opposite, for evil and destruction, because the devil's trying to bring you one step closer to hell. But for those of us who know the Lord, God takes everything and he works it together for the good. So no matter what kind of pain you're in right now, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, relational, mental, there is purpose in your pain if you give it to God. God never wastes a hurt. My Uncle Jim wrote a book with that title after my grandpa Chuck passed away. Everyone has problems and pain in life. Some people learn from it and some don't. But the choice is yours. You can gain from pain. You can learn from your losses. Charles Spurgeon said there is no university for a Christian like that of sorrow and trial. So are you wasting the pain in your life or are you growing from it? Are you allowing the master craftsman to forge you in the fire? The great theologian C.S. Lewis says that God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. God uses pain to get our attention. It's easy to trust the Lord when everything's going good, but do you really trust him when you're in pain? You might think, I can't handle this pain anymore. It's killing me. Good. Because God can only use redeemed dead men and women for his purposes and his glory. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in this body, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen. The, the devil tried to use the cross. He thought he was using the cross to destroy and defeat Jesus. What he didn't realize is that Jesus was using the cross to destroy and defeat him. That all sickness, all pain, all sin, all death, come on, was nailed to the cross. What the devil tries to use to break you, God is using to make you. Pain is not, is not intended to destroy you. God uses it to empower you. That's good preaching right there. I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back. God is more concerned, men and women, with your development than he is with your comfort. He doesn't care so much how you're feeling, he cares about who you're becoming. And so he uses pain for purpose. Pain and adversity cause some people to break down and it causes other people to break records. We see that in sports all the time, don't we? The champions, the great ones, they know how to play with pain. They know how to press on through pain. 
Even last week in the Super Bowl, you saw that hit on Matt Stafford. When it looked like his knee was tweaked and he hobbles off, he said, I ain't coming out, coach. Joe Burrow took a gnarly hit too. He's hobbling off the field. I ain't coming out. Why? Because those guys are champions. They know how to play through pain. Champions know how to play hurt. Champions press on through pain. Your threshold of pain determines your capacity for growth. I wanna say that again. Your threshold for pain determines your capacity for growth. If you can handle pain, God can use you powerfully. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12, he's, if anybody knew how to press through pain, it was the apostle Paul. Read his life, read about his life in Acts, read his letters, you see time and again, he went through unbelievable pain. Paul, Paul makes me laugh. In fact, we just read this in the Grow Journal, I think it was like Acts 14. At one point, Paul is preaching, he's doing God's will, and, and the people get so angry at him that they stone him. They drag him out of the city, they stone, they stone him, and they kill him, leave him for dead. His friends show up around him, start praying for him, and God raises him from the dead. And Paul, instead of, instead of saying, I ain't going back there, he walks right back into the city and starts preaching again. He knew what it was like to be in pain. And he says, at one point, he says, there was a thorn in my flesh and I begged the Lord, I begged the Lord to take it from me. And listen to what Jesus tells him. Jesus says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's all Jesus said to him, one, one, one line, two sentences. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So now, I, Paul says, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles. In other words, the pain that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. All, Paul saw purpose in his pain. I'm gonna give this to you real quick. Five ways God uses your pain for his purpose and for your good. Five ways, these are biblical purposes. I don't have time to, to teach on these, but I'll give them to you quickly. Number one is this, God will use pain to draw you closer to him. God will use pain to draw you closer to him because when you're in pain, you basically have two choices. You can either run to God or you can run from God. You can run to a bottle, you can run to a pill, you can run to a, a needle, you can run to a bed with somebody, you can run to a screen, or you can run to God. It's never made any sense to me why people run from God when they're in pain. He's the only one, men and women, that can help you. So God uses pain to draw you closer to him. Number two, God will use pain to deepen your relationships. When you walk through pain with somebody else, your relationship strengthens, your bond strengthens. I've never been closer to my wife Jenny than I am right now because of the pain that we've been through together this past year. Number three, God will use pain to make you more like Jesus. He'll use pain to make you more like Jesus. God's number one priority for every person on the planet is that they would come to know him, that they would come into relationship with him, that they would get saved and be part of his family. 
and experience and receive eternal life. And once that happens, then his next purpose for your life is to make you more and more like Jesus, that you would develop, that you would grow, that you would spiritually mature, that you would be, develop the character of Christ in you. And listen, if you're gonna become more like Jesus, that means you're gonna have to go through what he went through. And he was familiar, the Bible says, Isaiah 53, three, he was a man of sorrows, familiar with deepest grief. You're gonna have to go through pain. You're gonna have to go through suffering. Jesus did. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, I want to know Christ and experience, I love that, experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And then he says this, I wanna suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. God will use pain to help you become more and more like Jesus. Number four, God will use pain to help others. God will use pain to help others. Church, it's not about you. It's about God and his glory and his purposes and helping other people. But he'll use your pain to help others. I've had a lot of people come up to me. I, I've lost track of how many times I've cried <laughs> preaching this past year, preaching through pain. I'm not embarrassed by that at all. And you know what, I've had a lot of people come up to me, especially people that are new to the church, and thank me in tears, in their, in their own tears, in their own pains. And I just lost my dad, I just lost my brother. Pastor, thanks for talking about pain. God's using you. God will use your pain to help others. Your greatest ministry will come out of your deepest pain. Celebrate recovery, isn't it, Deanna? That's, all, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Deanna and Peter? God healing you of your hurts, hangups, habits, and then using you to help other people. If you've been through a divorce, if you've been through the pain of, of a divorce and God's healed you, you can help somebody else. You've been through the pain of, of depression and God's healed you and brought you out of that, you can help somebody else. You've been uh, overcome the pain of alcohol addiction, God can use that pain to help somebody else. That, that's why God redeems pain. The devil tries to destroy you with it, God says, no, 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 I'm gonna redeem that, I'm gonna heal you, and then I'm gonna use it for my glory. Number five is God will use pain to witness to the world. He'll use pain to witness to the world. Listen, the world, people who don't know the Lord, they're not impressed by how you handle prosperity. They're impressed by how you handle adversity. Your knucklehead relatives that don't know the Lord make fun of you. When, when something happens, when one of your loved ones in your family dies, they're looking at you to see how you're gonna handle it because they don't know how to handle it. They have, they have nothing, they're just grasping at straws. They wanna see how, how are you gonna handle pain? How is God gonna help you through pain? And then pain is the megaphone that God uses to get their attention. In this um, Serve Teams guidebook, it's in the back of your chairs if some of you have it, but I've read this before, I won't take the whole time to do it right now, but on page four of this book, um, I asked him to put in the prophetic declaration that my dad gave in the last message he preached to our church on January 2nd and 3rd of last year. And he feels like th this is what the Lord, this is the Lord speaking to our church. And so he wrote it as if God was speaking to us. And part of what he says in, the, in here is he says, so don't quit. God says, don't quit. Don't get weary. Don't feel abandoned or isolated. I am with you. Press on. Press on. I, I wanna, I wanna uh, give you now, I'll close with this, I wanna, I wanna give you five thoughts how to press on when you're in pain. This is the journey that I'm still walking through right now. I'm doing my best to live these points. I'm preaching to myself. Number one is this, 
Know that God is with me, so I won't be afraid or discouraged. I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about knowing up here. I'm talking about knowing in here. I know that I know that I know that God is with me and that he's, that, that he's got me, that he's right beside me. By the way, I found that there are some things in life that we just do not understand. I don't understand why God didn't heal my dad. And don't come up and try to give me your whack explanation. I don't wanna hear it. I don't want, I seriously, I don't wanna hear it. I'll be nice to you, but I don't wanna hear it. I found that asking that you, my dad used to say, aim your hard questions at the Lord, which is true. You can ask God, you can aim everything hard at God. <laughs> he can handle it. <laughs> but when Job started asking God questions, God says, shut up, I have some questions I wanna ask you right now. Where were you when I, when I created the stars in the heavens, Job? Where were you, and Job got real quiet real fast. God doesn't owe, owe me explanations. He gives commands, not explanations. I've, I've realized that, that I don't need to know the why when I know the who. And so I'm not worried about getting an answer on this side of eternity. Maybe I'll ask God sometime if I have enough courage in heaven. I just know that he's with me. And Joshua chapter one is true. One of, the, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, when God speaks to Joshua after the greatest leader that the Israelites had ever seen, Moses, the great man of God, and the first thing he says to Joshua, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you lead the people, Joshua. And then he says this in verse nine, have I not commanded you, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Listen, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So there's been times this past year, I didn't wanna get out of bed. I didn't wanna show up to church and preach, because I was in pain. I didn't wanna, there, there were times where I've been walking my dog Winston, praying like my mom does, and just start crying. And I literally physically feel I can't even take another step. By the way, I found out that if you throw a pity party for yourself, the devil's the only one who shows up, and the party sucks. <laughs> so I just made, I made a decision in my heart, God, I don't understand this, but I know you're with me. I know you're good. I know you're for me. I know you love me. I know that you have good plans for me because I know, I know God. I know he's with me. He's the good shepherd, Psalm 23. He walks through. Even when I walk through the dark valleys, the shadow of death, I will not fear for you're with me. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Number two, if you're gonna press on through pain, number two, just do today well. Just do today well. There, even now, there's times when I think about, I gotta live the, I gotta live the rest of my life without my dad. <laughs> I gotta try to lead church without my dad. That thought to me is overwhelming at times. And, and I sat down with a friend, actually one of my counselors, and he said, John, just do today well. And that helped me a lot. Because listen, if God gives me grace, I could give myself a little bit of grace too. I'll just do my best today. Some days are easier and some days are harder. Some days I cry a little bit more than others. Charles Spurgeon said that tears are liquid prayer. <laughs> God says, I bottle all your tears. I keep all of them in a bottle. That's how precious you are to the Lord. 
By the way, too, part of this, I think, is you need to learn how to express your feelings, not suppress them or repress them. If you bottle up pain in your life, it will come out, and it'll come out in an unhealthy way, probably on your spouse, probably on your kids. You gotta learn to deal with them. Sometimes you, you need to talk to somebody. Sometimes you need to see a professional Christian counselor. Sometimes you need to sit down with somebody that can help you. Just do today well. Number three, get around good friends, don't isolate. If you're gonna press on through pain, get around good friends, don't isolate. Night after my dad died, Pastor Chris and Lorraine, some of our best friends, showed up at our house, uninvited, unannounced. Jason and Amy Alves just came in, just cried with us. Here's a little tip, by the way, men and women. When, when somebody's in deep pain, the less words you say, the better. They don't need your words, they just need your presence. They need you to show up and cry with them and hug them. They need you to pray with them. Don't give them explanations, give them your presence. The tendency when we're in pain is to isolate and be alone because you don't feel like being around anybody else. I've seen people do this, I see this, people do this all the time, don't you, Junior? Cindy, you see people do this too. They, because you don't, you don't feel like being, being around people. And I've seen people, they just stop going to church. Listen, I say this with love, but that is one of the worst decisions you could possibly make. When you're in deep pain, you need to run to the house of God. The church is a family, and we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who, who mourn. First Corinthians 12 says we're one body, and when one member suffers, we all suffer together. We all feel it. You need other people that are gonna come around you and cry with you and pray with you and encourage you and speak life and speak hope over you and say, it's gonna be all right. We're gonna get through this together. Ecclesiastes 4 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. But for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who's alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. You know what? I'm gonna, some people, they, they, they go through pain and they stop coming to church and then they show up six months or a year later and they're mad at me or they're mad at us. It's like, I, didn't, I had no idea this even happened. Nobody was there for me. It's because you stopped going to church. How, anyways, I'm sorry if that, if that offends. How am I supposed to know when you're not even in church? All right, sorry. I just need to get that off my chest. I feel better now. <laughs> Number four is this, determined to move forward and enjoy my life. I, I made this decision early on. I'm not gonna fall into a pit of despair or depression. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. There is a holy determination in my heart. It, it's, it's hard for me to, to explain sometimes, but I know what's at stake. And listen, I'm not saying this is about me, but I understand that I have to be healthy in order to move forward because I'm trying to lead a church. We're trying to lead a church. We're trying to move forward into what God has for us together. And so I'm just gonna move forward. I'm gonna enjoy my life. A couple months ago, I, I shared this, but I'll share it again. I was getting ready to preach a message on joy, <laughs> joy and pain, and I felt the Lord speak to me. I know it was God, but it was my dad's voice. And he said, John, enjoy your life. Move forward, press on, enjoy your life. Enjoy your wife, enjoy your kids, enjoy that new baby on the way, enjoy your church, enjoy your life. God wants you to enjoy your life. I know my dad wants us to. So I choose to smile and to laugh even when I don't feel like it. 
It's easier to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. So I just make a choice sometimes to smile. I show up to church when I don't wanna be here. I tell stupid jokes at the beginning, not for you, I don't care about you guys. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's for me, it's to make me laugh. <laughs> I watch funny things before I go to bed sometimes because I wanna go to bed thinking about those things, not thinking about the pain that I'm in. I hang out with people who make me laugh, like Pastor Junior and Pastor Joe and Ryan Garcia. And you know, I, I took up hobbies this year that I've never had before, because I'm gonna enjoy my life. I'm not gonna tell you what they are. They may or may not involve the Second Amendment, but anyways. <laughs> if that offends you, I don't care. <laughs> so what? Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Listen. I refuse to be miserable in pain. I choose to be joyful in the Lord. <laughs> and number five is this. You're gonna press on through pain. Fix my eyes on Jesus and the hope of heaven. Try to see things from an eternal perspective that this world is not my home. I'm just a stranger passing through, but my, this life is preparation for eternity. So what I do makes a difference. How I love people and serve people, but this, this ain't my home. Heaven is my home. And every day I'm one day closer to heaven. That's a comforting thought to me. Every day I'm one day closer to heaven. Revelation 21 verse four says God, talks, it's talking about heaven, one of the last chapters in the Bible. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No matter how much pain you're going through in your life right now, it's just temporary. Heaven is just around the corner. And Jesus is the healer. He is the healer. And I've thought more this last year, you know, I've always believed in healing. I've seen the Lord do unbelievable miracles. But this past year, I think more about how he heals the brokenhearted. He, he does what no, what no psychiatrist, what no life coach can do. He heals the brokenhearted. Psalm 147 verse three says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. There's no pain in your life that he can't heal. There's no pain in your life that he can't redeem. There's no pain in your life that he can't use. Jesus is using your deepest pain to develop you. You are being forged in the fire, being forged in the fire. Would you stand to your feet with me quietly in the presence of God? John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you all these things I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That word trials and sorrows in the original language, it's talking about pressure, it's talking about stress, it's talking about a crushing. When you're crushed, new wine comes out of you. <laughs> when you're in pain, God can birth something new in your life. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, have courage, be of good cheer, take heart, 
because I have overcome the world. And because he's overcome men and women, you and I have overcome. Close your eyes. If you're in pain right now, I wanna invite you to lift up your hands. We're gonna ask the Lord to heal you, bring healing right now. If you're in pain, lift your hands. My hands are lifted. Jesus, we thank you that you're here right now. Just come and bring healing in this place. Touch every person, people watching online. Whatever kind of healing. Lord, do a spiritual surgery. Some people have had pain, grief attached to them for so long. Remove that right now in the name of Jesus. Heal every broken heart. Thank you, Lord. You're the healer. His presence is here right now, men and women. Just stay one more moment in his presence. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your faith. He loves you. He loves you. He's with you. Come on, let's, let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.